Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. If you walked outside and spent a few minutes digging through the grass, chances are you would find a beetle. Beetles are defined as insects with hardened front wings, which protect a second set of softer wings. They come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, too. The biggest can be larger than a grown man's hand, while the tiniest can be as small as the tip of a ballpoint pen. And here's a fact that will really make your head spin. If you counted up all the animal species on Earth, one-fourth of them would be beetles. Which seems impossible, I know, but the sheer amount of beetle biodiversity means there are well over 350,000 documented species. Some fly, some don't. Some are shaped like ladybugs, others like violins. Some live on land, some in water. A few make their homes inside mushrooms. Beetles can be bright blue, jet black, neon green, and nearly every other color in between. Really, when you get down to it, there's nothing that beetles can't do. So it probably wouldn't surprise you to learn that there's an entire branch of science dedicated to studying these curious creatures. It's called coleopterology, which comes from the word coleoptera, the scientific name for beetles. There's even an international organization of beetle fanatics called the Coleopterist Society. It's made up of professionals and amateurs brought together by their love of this hard-shelled insect. Speaking of amateurs, one of the most important figures in the history of coleopterology wasn't a scientist at all. He was an investment banker, a philanthropist, and one of the wealthiest men who ever lived. Enter David Rockefeller, the youngest son of John D. Rockefeller Jr. David grew up fabulously wealthy. His childhood spanned the Roaring Twenties, and his New York home was certainly the setting for many parties and negotiations. But at the time, David wasn't yet old enough to have a head for business. In 1925, 10-year-old David was just beginning his education, taking lessons with a summer tutor. This teacher introduced him to a few different kinds of beetles, and I truly don't think that they could have imagined the kind of obsession that this lesson would spark. Young David began collecting beetles, and this was far more than a childhood hobby. He did lots of research to learn about the different species, and kept his specimens carefully arranged in display cases. Over the next eight years, he amassed an impressive catalog. By this point, David was 18 years old, and with a last name like Rockefeller, he had some seriously big shoes to fill. He moved from New York to Massachusetts, where he studied economics at Harvard University. He went on to earn a PhD from the University of Chicago in 1940. After a stint in the military during World War II, he started working as a member of the executive staff at Chase National Bank. It probably helped that his uncle was chairman of the board. 
David quickly rose through the ranks, becoming senior vice president in 1952 and taking over his uncle's position as chairman in 1969. He also served as CEO from 69 to 1980, making him one of the most influential bankers in the world. But outside of his day-to-day -day grind as a high-powered executive, David had a secret passion, his undying love for beetles. You see, David had never stopped collecting the little bugs. When he was a student at Harvard, he spent his free time combing Massachusetts for specimens. When he came home from serving in World War II, his bags were full of beetles. Even as the CEO of Chase National Bank, he planned his vacations around these little critters, traveling to locations where he knew he could find exotic species. When David passed away in 2017, at the age of 101, he left behind 30 massive cabinets filled with over 150,000 beetle specimens. His relatives were, understandably, overwhelmed with this bounty. So they called up Harvard University, David's alma mater, and offered to make a donation. Today, David Rockefeller's beetle collection is on display at Harvard's Museum of Comparative Zoology. Brian Farrell, the museum's director of entomology, has expressed admiration for David's extensive catalog. In Farrell's words, collecting is a result of, quote, passionate curiosity, something David always had in high supply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Every autumn, our doctors remind us to get our flu shots. And according to data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, at least half of the U.S. population chooses not to. Nobody likes being stuck with a needle. But still, in an age when vaccines are readily available, it's easy to forget how much they change the world. Vaccines are one of the greatest marvels of modern medicine. Take the flu shot, for example. It first became available to the public in 1945. Every year since then, it has prevented thousands of deaths and kept millions of people from getting sick. Other diseases like polio have been completely eradicated through the use of vaccines. Throughout history, countless doctors and researchers have worked to develop safe and effective shots. But there's one immunologist who stands out from the crowd, Dr. Maurice Hilleman. Maurice was born in Montana in 1919, but his early years were marked by tragedy. Just two days after he was born, his mother died leaving his father alone to raise eight kids. With little money and less time to spare, Maurice's father sent him to live with one of his uncles. Maurice spent his days at school and his evenings working on his uncle's farm. 
He was a promising student, too, especially when it came to science, but he didn't have many prospects. When he graduated high school, it was 1937, the middle of the Great Depression, and he didn't have the money to go to college. He worked odd jobs here and there until he heard about one that his older brothers was doing. Maurice's brother had enrolled in divinity school on a scholarship. When he realized he might be able to go to college for free, Maurice applied to Montana State University. He ended up getting a full scholarship to study chemistry and microbiology. After he graduated, he received a fellowship to attend the University of Chicago as a PhD student. In Chicago, Maurice studied infectious diseases. He received his doctorate in microbiology in 1944, when he was just 25 years old. A long way from the farm boy he once was, Maurice had now officially become Dr. Hilleman. He found a job at a vaccination manufacturing company where he worked to create an immunization for a certain strain of encephalitis. A few years later, in 1948, he joined the Army Medical Center as a respiratory disease expert. He worked with a team researching the flu. And in 1957, when a novel influenza strain emerged in Japan, Dr. Hilleman and his team quickly developed a vaccine, quite possibly stopping the strain from becoming an epidemic. Then, at 38 years old, Dr. Hilleman left the Army and began working at a pharmaceutical company called Merck. And this is where his research really expanded. He led a team developing vaccines for all sorts of diseases, including measles, chickenpox, hepatitis A and B, and strep. But the most interesting vaccine Dr. Hilleman developed was for the mumps. At the time, in the early 1960s, nearly every child caught the mumps at some point. While the disease itself wasn't usually fatal, it was a leading cause of meningitis and hearing loss. One night in 1963, while he was sleeping next to his wife, Dr. Hilleman awoke to the sound of his five-year-old daughter toddling into their room. Her name was Gerald Lynn. Usually an energetic and happy child, she pulled on her dad's arm and told him that she didn't feel good. Maurice took stock of her symptoms, fever, swollen throat, headache, and realized that his daughter had the mumps. Now, not every child grows up with a prolific microbiologist for a dad, but Geraldine did. Dr. Hilleman jumped out of bed, grabbed some cotton swabs, and took a saliva sample from his daughter. The next morning, he brought the swab to the Merck laboratory and got to work. It took some time, but four years later, in 1967, Dr. Hilleman revealed his latest medical marvel. He had developed an effective mumps vaccine using a viral sample from his own daughter, it was the fastest a vaccine had ever been created and approved, until in 2020, the COVID-19 vaccine shattered that record. Dr. Hilleman continued his research for another four decades. By the time he passed away in 2005 at the age of 85, he had been instrumental in creating over 40 different vaccines. It's estimated that, even now, his work saves approximately 8 million lives every year. So while I know that nobody likes needles, I'm sure Dr. Hilleman would say that you should shoot your shot. Or you should get your shots. You know what I mean. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works, I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.